Praise the Lord, everyone. Stand together and give Jesus a hand clap of praise this morning. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. What a great day to be in the house of the Lord today. Everybody that made it out to the hoedown, I think it was a success. Yeah. Is anybody tired? That's all right. We're here to serve Jesus, and uh, we're going to have a good time today. But thank you. Thank you for coming. I've told you uh, just about every time we do this, most of you know we're from Arkansas, and we don't got any blood family. Uh, here in Kentucky, uh, so y'all are it, We're it. <laughs> and y'all are a pretty good bunch, and uh, we appreciate you coming out and spending a little time with us at least once a year uh, anyway, but uh, thank you. All right, we got some birthdays coming up. Ellery, 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 come on girl, you know the drill. Brother Kay. Come on. <laughs> and last but not least, Sister Kimberly. Come on. Come on, girl. What? Yeah. It's obviously, it's Brother Kenley's, but he's at work today, so we can't sing to him later. That's right. A happy birthday to you, a happy birthday to you, baby, Jesus near every day of the year. A happy birthday to you, a happy birthday to you, and may you be the happy. Ellery, how old are you? How old are you going to be? Nine years old. And Brother K? <laughs> 28. All right. Well, happy birthday to all of you. At this time, we will dismiss for children's church. I know better than that. All the youngins left. Just the old ones. I think Brother Kay's the only one that rounds up. <laughs> uh, you ain't got to hurry up and get there, though. Oh, it's so good to be here today and to thank you 
brother and sister Connor and family. We uh, we love having you all here. And we know that you all are more tired than anybody else from the great layout when we was pulling up that driveway and seeing all the work that you all did just to just to make us have a good time. And uh, it was it was so it was such a wonderful day. Such a beautiful day. The weather was perfect, the food was perfect, um, the fellowship was perfect. And I, I was even telling my wife, I said, you know what, we didn't even really get to break into the cornhole tournament like we'd normally it was just different because there was other things happening, and that's that's wonderful, you know. I like cornhole, but we don't always have to do it, I guess. <laughs> but it was good. Well, I'm I'm more of a clutch, clutch kind of player. Uh, I might miss it a thousand times at the very beginning, but you just don't count me out, though. Good to see each and every one of you, all of our guests, and uh, all the people that are scared to sit in the middle. We greet you, High Point. I think RW doesn't even look that direction anymore. Today is just going to be a wonderful day. This morning during prayer, such a, just a tremendous move of the presence of the Lord, and I just believe that what God has for us today is just absolutely amazing. And uh, some things were confirmed in prayer, and then uh, just the song selection today. Just the whole the whole thing. I just really believe God's going to do amazing thing here today for His people, and we're going to we're going to endeavor to look into the Word of the Lord today to to connect with what I believe the Lord has presented to us today. Matthew chapter twenty, verse twenty nine. And I have titled this, Mercy is Available, but Not Inescapable. Seen some things in the scripture today that, that brought me to several passages, and we're going to do our best to go through and and connect this this idea about how mercy is available but not inescapable it can be avoided mercy can be avoided it can be rejected it can be resisted It's not irresistible like like some might think when they when you consider irresistible grace that we have no control, no power 
over, over his grace overtaking our life. And that's, that's not what the passages that we read declare. But there is something that we can extract from, from this, this title here today, and that's what we're going to attempt to do. Uh, Matthew 20, 29. And as they departed from Jericho, a great multitude followed him. It was pretty common at this point to see Jesus surrounded by people. I think it's a beautiful image to really see him for who he is and to see that he was always surrounded by people. Why? Because that's why he came. His fame had spread through the land and many came to see this miracle worker. Everybody need a miracle today. Anybody know anyone needs a miracle today? Man, and I know sometimes we are, we are faced with, with certain situations that don't make sense to us. We know God's, He's a miracle worker and He has all power and sometimes He chooses not to use it the way we think He should. I don't claim to understand I don't, I don't claim to understand how he does it because it's all according to his will. Whatever his will is, he will move. He will perform a miracle. What we can see is that what Jesus did and not just this chapter, not just these verses that we're going to read today. You can connect throughout the, the New Testament. When Jesus uh, walked the earth, what he did was he made himself available. He took the kingdom to the blind, to the diseased, to the broken. To the bruised, he took the kingdom to the lost and rubbed shoulders with them. If a person follows Jesus' example, shouldn't availability be included? The Pharisees disagreed with, with people, the people that Jesus made himself available to. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 9. And as Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom, and he saith unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. In verse 10. And it came to pass as Jesus sat at meat in the house, behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. Verse 11, and when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? 
Why is he rubbing shoulders with these sinners? Why is he spending time with these sinners? Verse 12. But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. What a profound statement. She began to look into the faces of the Pharisees and say, you don't believe you need a physician. That's why this ministry won't do anything for you. Verse 13, but go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. There's so many, so many things that, that I could say in this passage about Jesus making that statement. I, I'm not come to call the righteous. And somehow in the day that we live in, churches are filled with self-righteousness and people who preach to each other. And it's just, just, it's just this minister to the righteous. We drive out every sinner comes into the building and act like a Pharisee who says we don't rub shoulders with your kind how many people would accept Jesus as he walks into the congregations in North America wondering if he's still allowed to How many religious people in our world would try to reprove the Lord for who he reaches for? Lord, you don't need to be looking over there and reaching for them publicans and sinners. Don't you know who they are? Jesus, you can't go there. They are sinners. And... His response in my own words, I didn't come for you, I came for them. I didn't come for those who think they're already righteous. I came for those who know they're sick, who know they're diseased, who know they're not well at all. I came for them because they're in a place to receive me. They're in a place to receive my mercy. They're in a place to receive forgiveness. Those who think they're righteous, they don't believe they need forgiveness. They don't believe they need anything else. I didn't come for those who don't think they need help. I came for those who know they need it. I know, I knew it this morning when I woke up. God, I can't do it without you. There's no way that I can step into this day without your presence. There's no way that I can make it through this day without your help. I can't do it in my own ability or power. Lord, you're going to have to show up and help me because I can't do it. 
And you know what he did? This morning when we gathered together to pray, the Lord filled this place. And brother, you are already all over it. He's in the room. And when he steps into the room, things begin to shift. There is a shift when we come in in our flesh, but we die in our flesh. And we begin to worship and praise him. There is a shift in the atmosphere. And when he steps into the room, anything can happen. Anybody need an impossible thing turned around? I need it today. Lord, we need your help today. And you know what? He's in the room. What did did Jesus tell the Pharisees? Go and learn what that means. I'm giving you an assignment. You you who study the scriptures, go back and relearn what the scriptures are saying. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. What Jesus was doing, he was quoting from the prophet Hosea. And we read in Hosea chapter 6 and verse 6. For I desired mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. You see, the Pharisees, they were, they were good at bringing a sacrifice. They had their ceremonial patterns that separated them from the unclean. But they misunderstood what the Lord wanted. And I, I believe that is a dangerous place uh, in the hour that we're in is for people to misunderstand the intentions of the Lord and what He desires to do. When he steps into the room, there is, intentional, there is intentional things that he is reaching for, that he is walking toward. You stepped into here needing a touch from the Lord. Sister Howard, you said you had a lot on your shoulders. You know what? The Lord seen you when you when you got in your vehicle today and you made your way here today, and the Lord is going to meet you. And he's going to minister to you. And he's going to help you. Uh, because we're not bearing these loads by ourselves. Uh, he's going to bear them with, right? Because we're going to cast them up upon him. The one who is able to take them. He's able to take them upon himself and bear them for us. Don't leave here with the burdens you were never meant to carry or asked to carry. You let the Lord take your burdens from you, but you got to cast them upon him. The Pharisees struggled, though, and many... Many churches struggle, but I, I believe there's an awakening. I believe there's a shift in our culture, in the church culture of today. I believe there is something happening, not just in this assembly, but in assemblies across this nation. There is something happening that God is preparing. He's moving, and we're, we're, he's, he's allowing us to see what has transpired in our cultural living. This is what we're beginning to see. Maybe, maybe you've seen it for a while. I know I've seen it for a while because, because I've really been after the Lord to live for Him, to want to please Him. And, and I believe the Lord has shown me, shown me areas of our culture, of our church culture, 
that is, that is, uh, that is surrounded with man's ideas. This came to me this morning. The God of mercy will not be shut up inside of a building. When those he came to heal are outside of it. Before we, we, before we ever step foot in, into a building, into an apostolic church, we were those on the outside. We were those on the outside that needed redemption. We needed a Savior. And we came to a church and we heard the word of the Lord and we, we repented of our sins and we were born of water and spirit and the Lord filled us, the, the Lord filled us with power from on high. And, and then he gave us a mission and that mission is, is to, to take what you have received and go into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come. Go and, and reach. Go and minister. Go and be my hands and feet. One of the things that I believe we have to get into our thinking is religious groups do not have the exclusive rights to the mercy of God. Because we've got the power and the spirit, the name, does not give us exclusive rights to the mercy of God. Let's look at this, Romans chapter 9 and verse 15. For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Verse 16, so then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, and this is, this statement here is in regards to the totality of human effort. We cannot choose where mercy goes. We must go with his mercy. But of God that showeth mercy. Verse 17, for the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Pharaoh, you are where you are because of my mercy. Moses, my mercy is for my purpose. And if I show your enemy mercy, it's to accomplish my will. And we have to accept that. Lord, why are you showing them mercy? Because it's his will. And we can't say, I always know what the will of God is because most of the time we have a hard time finding it, don't we? So it doesn't make sense for the Lord to show mercy on our enemy. But could it be that when he's doing that, he's setting his people up for an exodus? He's setting his people up for deliverance. Somehow through it all, Pharaoh, you're on, the, you're on the right side for a moment, but you're going to eventually be on the wrong side of mercy. My mercy is for my purpose. 
I will show mercy and I will harden. I will show mercy and I will harden. I will use these to accomplish my will. Let's look at verse 18. Therefore hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy and whom he will he hardeneth. Pharaoh wasn't a good guy whose heart was changed by the Lord. The Lord just used what was in Pharaoh's heart to accomplish his will. God will never vindicate a person's attempt to control the mercy of God. He'll never vindicate a person's attempt to control his mercy. We cannot dictate where mercy goes. We have to accept it wherever it goes and whoever it falls on. His will, his mercy moves and we follow. We can't tell him where to go and who to touch. It's not for us to dictate to the Lord. You know what? He dictates to us. You go and I'll touch. No, but I want you to go and touch them. No, you go and I'll touch. You go and I'll heal. You go and I will go. His mercy moves through the multitudes of afflicted people, giving them an opportunity to hear, see, and touch hope. Going back to our text, Matthew chapter 20, verse 30. Behold, two blind men sitting by the wayside, when they heard that Jesus passed by, cried out, saying, Have mercy! On us, O Lord, thou son of David. They heard the commotion of the multitude, but they did not know what was happening. They could have missed their opportunity. They could have missed their opportunity because the scripture just showed us Jesus had already passed by. You know what one thing that we have to get a hold of when we come together and we magnify his name, and we lift up his name. He's not obligated to move because you want him to move. That's what this is all about. Lord, however you have to do it, I surrender. I surrender to it. I know you're able to do it, Lord. And I, I want to walk through the door. You know what the you know what the him stepping into the room is? This is an open door. There's an open door. There's an open door today for somebody. But when they when they heard that it was Jesus, what did they do? They cried out. And the multitude rebuked them. Because they should hold their peace. 
The multitude rebuked him, telling him to pipe down, quiet down, hold your peace, be silent. But they cried the more, saying, have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. The crowd was stirred against them because there seems to be a pattern of resistance around Jesus. You see, the Pharisees were guilty of shutting up heaven. The disciples were sometimes guilty. And you remember what they said? Do you want us to call down fire from heaven to burn them up? The disciples were quick to try to destroy the ones that God was reaching for. And now we see a multitude, but these aren't the only examples. These aren't the only examples in the word of the Lord. And we're going to look at a few of these. Mark chapter 5, verses 25 and 26. You ever feel like sometimes it's hard to get to Jesus? That it's hard to get through? That no matter what you do, it just seems like you just can't get in. I'm going to read this to you in the New Living Translation. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from... uh, Many doctors, and over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. Verse 27, she had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. Mark chapter 2, verse 1. And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. It was noise that he was in the house. This morning there was some noise in this place. I felt the Holy Ghost right now. It's noise that he's in the house. He's in the room. He's in the room. He's in this place. Verse 2. And straightway many were gathered together in so much that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached The word unto them. In verse 3. And they came. And they come unto him bringing one sick of the palsy. Which was born of four. Verse 4. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press. They uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up. They let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. 
Oh, I wish that we could get a hold of this very thing. If we know he's in the room, if we know he's in the house, we ought to break every barrier to make sure that we get to the Lord. I'm going to break through everything I got to break through because he's the one that's got my deliverance. He's the one that's got my healing. I wish somebody would begin to uncover the roof. Maybe you got to uncover the roof for your friend. Maybe you got to uncover the roof for your family. But what you must do is break through the barrier. There's a barrier here today. Listen, we got to break through this. We got to break through this. Don't let the enemy sneak up into your ear and speak things that God did not say. You got to snatch him with the word of God and rebuke him with the truth of God's word and through his spirit. He's given us power. He's given us dominion and authority. What we've got to do is get a hold of this and get to Jesus. Listen, there's, you're going to hear me say this throughout this day. There's a song that I've been listening to. And one of the lines, oh, I love it so much. You ever hear one of those songs that really just gets a hold of you? And you're just like, oh, that's what I needed to hear. That's what I needed to hear. And he said, the line said, I didn't come here to stand in the crowd. Or no, that's not what he said. He said, I didn't come here to hide in the crowd. And I can, I can, re, I can speak that thing today. I didn't come back to hide in the crowd. I didn't come from where I came from to hide in the crowd. I came to get to Jesus. And that's what I got to do is get to Jesus, but that's what you have to do. You got to get to Jesus. No matter what happens today, make it your make it your focus to get to Jesus. Verse 5, when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. This beautiful, this beautiful uh, phrase uh, was not exactly what they were looking to hear, ready to hear. Maybe they were, maybe they were look, listening for, you're healed of the palsy, rise up. But what he said is, thy sins are forgiven. And with the Pharisees watching, what he said is, I've got something that's more powerful than healing. I can forgive your sins. What's so powerful about forgiveness is it doesn't matter if God heals me the way I want him to heal me. If he forgives my sins. When I step through those pearly gates, I won't be riddled with this uh, this body that is susceptible to the to the curse of sin when I reach when I reach that place prepared for the bride. We need to quit worrying 
about the miracle working power of the Lord and begin to praise and thank him for his forgiveness. When the disciples came back from their journey, from the Lord had commissioned them to go, they came back and they said, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he redirected their attention to be thankful, be glad that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Listen, God can use us to do great and mighty things, but the most important thing is that there is forgiveness in our lives, that there's forgiveness for our sins. What do these passages that we have read here today reveal to us? They reveal to us that mercy is available, but not inescapable. Healing is available, but not inescapable. Deliverance is available, but not inescapable. All of these can be avoided. And that's why we see people living without healing, living without deliverance, living without forgiveness. That's why we can see multitudes around Jesus, but only a few break through to get what they need. I don't want the reason I don't get there to be the multitudes around me. Because I know what history has shown me through the word of the Lord that there, there, there are those who got what they need when they push the crowd out of the way. Get out of my way. I got to get to Jesus. Whatever you got to do, get to him. If, you, if all you can do is reach out and touch the hem of his garment, that's all you need. That's all you need. Let me give you another line from that song. There's more power in the hem of his garment than the camp of the enemy. If you can get to the hem of his garment, there is not a devil in hell that can reverse what will begin to flow. So I'm going to get to Jesus today. There are barriers that must break open to get to him. Anybody ever th think about this? Is this, is this? Has this thought crossed any of your minds? Is that there are barriers around you? Or do we take for granted that we can just come in as God's people, get into his presence, and feel his presence? Don't you think those that were around him could feel his presence? I mean, they could see him. Feel the sound of his voice speaking, the vibration going over them. They felt his presence. But those who felt his presence didn't necessarily get what they needed. How often do people come into the church and don't get what they need? They're okay with his presence, but they're, but they're, hiding, in the, they're hiding in the crowd. I'm not content to hide in the crowd. If I see Jesus passing by, I got to get to him. Because he's intentional. And if he moves past me going somewhere else, I might miss my opportunity. I might miss my chance, right? I might miss him 
Can I tell you today? Get this into your, into your thoughts for the remainder of the day. Sometimes the only thing between you and your miracle is the crowd. Sometimes the only thing between you and your deliverance is the crowd. Are you going to let them stand in your way? Or are you going to push through and get what you need? I'm going to push through. I know Jesus is working. I'm pushing through the nonsense. I'm pushing through the distractions. I'm pushing through the scoffers. I'm pushing through the intimidation. The intimidation. What? The intimidation of, oh, what if I make a move and they tell me to shut up? What if I make a move to Jesus and they tell me to be quiet? Oh, stop listening to the voice of the enemy and stop looking at the crowd and push your way into his presence and get a hold of the hem of his garment. Are you going to let the crowd stop you? Are you waiting for Jesus to come to you? Think, think about this. What if he passes you by? Will you let him or will you stop him? What if, what if you're sitting there waiting for your miracle and Jesus just strolls right past you? Are you going to let him? There's a barrier, right? There's a barrier that I have to break through. And it might sound like this. I don't care what these people say about me. I don't, they don't know what I go home and struggle with. They don't know what I go home and I've, I've, I've spent all this time trying to figure out the answer, trying to make sense of the thing that I'm facing. I got, I got something in my body that's not right. And I'm not going to let the scoffers keep me from getting to Jesus because I know He is my hope. What if the only reason he comes to us is to give us an opportunity to see him as he passes by? So we can determine what we are willing to live with or without. What if the only reason Jesus passes us? Because the passage... Declares, and it's not the only thing. That's not the only place that, that he passed by. What if he passes by to see if you're willing to reach out because you know you can't live without him? And if you don't reach out, it's because you can. Can you, can you live with him without him? Can you, 
live without Jesus. It's okay. You can show your hands if you can. You know that you can't live without him, but why are we letting him walk past? Why do we let him go somewhere else? Why do we let him touch somebody else's life? Because here's the, here's the key. We don't want to appear desperate. We don't want to appear broken. We want to appear righteous. And that's, that's one of the reasons Jesus could not minister to the Pharisees. Because they already had their righteousness. But there's never a cry, never a press, never a roof that gets broke open. Will there ever be a moment Jesus says thy faith hath made thee whole, thy sins are forgiven. Father, let's lift our hands. It's in the room. It's in the room. It's in the room. But you know what else is in the room? There are barriers in the room. There are barriers in this place. And maybe the barriers are locked up in your own mind, locked up in your own thinking. Maybe the barriers are locked up in, in your inability to express your brokenness. Oh, but all it's going to take is one cry. One cry, one cry to get through. Do you know what? With the, with the roar and the sound of the multitudes all around the blind men, you know what took place? He cried and Jesus was able to hear that cry. Even in the midst of the roar of the crowd, the cry reached where he was and he stopped. Jesus stood still and called them and said, What will ye that I shall do unto you? Can you get this today, brother and sister? If you can, if you can manage to push through the barriers and let the master hear your cry, you will cause him to stand still. And if you can get Jesus to stand still, I believe today you will be presented with the question, what will you that I shall do unto you? If I can get through the barrier... I'll get his attention. And if I can get his attention, he's going to change my life. He's going to touch my life. He's going to help me. He's going to heal me. He's going to deliver me. 
Don't leave this place bound. Don't leave this place uh, in despair. Don't leave this house discouraged. When he's in the house, no one should leave without what they need. When he is in the house... Jesus asked him a simple question. What do you want me to do for you? You got my attention. What do you want? You know what happened? Jesus already knew that they were blind. You know what happened to the blind? They said, Lord, verse 33, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. Jesus already knew. Jesus already knew they needed their eyes open. But he was waiting for the word. When you speak that thing, you speak it in faith. Whatever it is, when you get his attention, Lord, I want my eyes to be open. I want my addiction, I want my addiction to be crushed. You know what? He needs to hear you say it, even though he already knows. I want my eyes to be opened. Clarkson wrote, the two blind men could not open their own eyes. That was beyond their power, but they could get into the way where Jesus passed. And they could cry to him for sight, who only could recover. Those that are diligent in the use of means and ordinances may sit in the way where Jesus passes by, who uses not to reject those that cry unto him. He chooses not to reject those that cry unto him. Let's stand. I want us to take a few minutes, greet your brother and your sister, but this is what I'll, I want you to do. If you'll, if you'll join me. And believe in you. If you'll join me, and let's unite together in the remainder of this day. And let's break through some barriers in this service. Let's push through some things. I know you might be tired and weary, but God's going to show up. He's already in this place. He's going to show up with strength. Strength is already in this place. He's in the house. And if he is in the house, anything can happen. We're going to uncover the roof. We're going to break through the barriers. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get into his presence. He's here. His presence is here. But we've got to push through the barriers to really get into that place where we Get his attention. I believe there are times that the Lord puts us in situations 
to see how hard we are willing to press. Take a few moments, greet your brother and sister, and let's uh, let's come back here at one o'clock. Let's let's uh, let's worship the Lord. So good to see y'all today. Why don't we stand? I've already mentioned it this morning. What we're going to do today is we're going to push through the barriers. We're going to push through the barriers. We're going to push through. The, we're going to push through complacency. We're going to push through the apathy. We're going to push through the fears. We're going to push through pride. We're going to push through doubt. We're going to push through unbelief. We're going to push through these barriers. We're going to lift up the name of the Lord. We're going to lift up the name of the Lord. We're going to lift up the name of the Lord. And when he comes passing by, we're going to stop him with our cry. What we're going to do today all together, listen, all together, this is what we're going to do. I don't care what you did last night. Today we're going to repent together. And we're going to be thankful for the forgiveness that shows up. We're going to be thankful for the forgiveness that shows up. Lord, I should have done this thing, and I didn't do it. Forgive me. And you know what? When he shows up, I'm going to be thankful, and I'm going to praise him. Because the most important thing in our life is his forgiveness. Is his forgiveness. Which means i got to forgive others, right? His forgiveness is contingent on our forgiveness toward one another. So that's another barrier that we got to get through. So when I ask God to forgive me, what I'm going to also do is say, would you help me to forgive those who have trespassed against me? So I'm not just going to I'm not just going to seek your forgiveness. I'm going to seek forgiveness for my brother and my sister. We're going to repent of our sins and then we're going to worship the Lord. And he's going to move in this house and the cry of desperation is going to stop him and he's going to present an opportunity for you to say Lord open my eyes open my ears deliver me heal me and I believe the miraculous touch of the Lord is going to sweep through this house I believe it I felt it this morning I feel it now if we'll come together in the spirit of unity and we clear this lake and we say, God, forgive me. And we worship him. And we stay engaged in this moment. The Lord is going to show up.
and there's going to be a door. There's going to be a door that opens up for you. Uh, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me for my shortcomings. Forgive me for any thought or any desire that's outside of your will. Forgive me, God, for idolatry. Forgive me, Lord, for adultery. Forgive me, God, for any wicked or perverse thing that might be hidden in my life. Forgive me for what my eyes have seen. Forgive me for what my ears have heard. Forgive me for what my mouth has said. Lord, would you forgive me? I confess to you. I confess to you I need your forgiveness. I confess to you, Lord, I need your forgiveness. I confess to you, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. I confess to you, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me, Jesus. Now, with gratitude, with gratitude, why don't you let a, a roar of thanksgiving exit your mouth right now? over me. Thank you for the truth that's released in my spirit. Thank you, Lord, for your help. Thank you, Lord, for your strength. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. So I'm going to praise you. I'm going to thank you. I'm going to give you up. All right, now in this song, in this song, this opening song, we got to push through some barriers. You, you with me? You with me, brother and sister? Come on. It, it, what we got to push through is the tendencies to lock into a pattern of the same old, same old. Today, it's not going to be the same old, same old. Today, I'm pushing beyond that. Today, I'm going to break the barriers. Today, I'm going to get into the presence of the Lord. Today, I'm going to meet Jesus. Now, let's do that. If you're serious about needing what the Lord has for you, let's push through some barriers. Go ahead and let us shout out to the Lord right now. Hey, I love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, I'll praise in the valley and I'll praise on the mountain. Somebody sing it with me today. Say, I'll praise when I'm sure.
out from where you're at right now. you by. He already knows what you need, but you got to come to him and speak it. They got to come to him and speak it. Open my eyes, Lord. Deliver me, Jesus. Try to fix it yourself. Let the master do it for you. I've let the crowd stand in my way for far too long. Jesus! I don't care if they see a broken man. by your cry for the master. If you need a touch in your body, this is the time. This is the opportune moment to come. To come. Don't you come tell Jesus what you need? Why don't you come tell Jesus what you need? This is what we're gonna do. Uh, this is what we're gonna do. We normally pray for you. You normally you normally let me do it for you. Speak it over you. Cry out for you. This is what you're gonna do. You're gonna tell Jesus what you need. I believe the Lord has stopped. I believe the Lord is standing here for this moment for you to tell him what you need. He already knows, but he needs to hear you say it. I need healing. I need deliverance. I need strength. I need victory. 
Jesus is in this room here right now, here right now, making this place I stand, holy ground, holy ground. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, we worship you, Jesus. Your spirit moves
veil is torn and the doors fling wide. I see glory as I run inside the throne room before you. I bow, I bow. The veil is torn and the doors fling wide. I see glory as I run inside the throne room before you. I bow. The veil is torn and the doors fling wide. I see glory.
right if we declare just another song to the Lord today. We're going to lift him up again. We're going to speak faith into this house. How many of you believe he can move the immovable? Can he do the impossible? Yes. Anybody believe for it in this house? Come on, I, I know I've got some saints of the Most High that are going to declare this with me today. Hallelujah, Jesus.
this today. You said, I believe. You said, oh, it is done. Declare it with me right now. Say, you said, I believe. I'm standing on your word, God. You moving through this place right here. He's moving through this moment of our life right now. He's bringing deliverance. He's got a fresh breath to breathe on you again. Oh, I receive it, Lord. I receive your strength, Jesus.
That's it. That's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. Come on, that's what you got to do. Say to God. Child of the King, that's what you got to do. Come on, when you begin to sweat and you begin to get tired, come on, that's when, that's when you're about to get to the, the end of your flesh, the end of yourself. Come on, you wait out. You wait out to complaining of your flesh. You wait out your flesh. And when it's done, you're going to be close to the master. So I'm going to push. I'm going to push. I'm making my way through the barriers. I'm reaching through the barriers. Come on, I see you. I see you, child of God. I see you reaching. I see you reaching. Don't stop. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. Come on, your enemy is want you. Your enemy wants you to stop. Your enemy wants you to keep keep you from pressing. Keep you from pursuing. The enemy of your soul wants you to stop you. But you stop him so you can make Jesus stand still. the Lord sees your desperation and he is meeting you he is meeting you in your faith and your desperation Jesus don't let mercy pass me by Jesus, don't let mercy pass me by. I need your mercy. I need your grace. I need your strength. I need you. I need you. I want you. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Who cares what the scoffers say? Who cares what the crowd is yelling? Who cares what the crowd is chanting? He hears me. He's heard me. He's made a way for me to come to him. intimidate me any longer I'm waving the white flag you can't intimidate me any longer I'm surrendering I'm surrendering it's not my fight oh I feel the Holy Ghost it's not my fight come on it's not your fight it's not your strength it's not your weapons that's going to defeat your enemy it's your surrender to the power of God I'm waving the white flag in my life right now. Yeah. 
before you leave this place, child of the king, the Lord is going to fortify. He's going to fortify the walls of your relationship with him. Before you leave this place, you're going to leave with confidence. You're going to leave with determination. You're going to leave with a, a fresh fire. I believe there's been some fanning of the flames here today. And there is a fire burning. It's back. It's back. Come on, the fire is back. Why is it back? <laughs> because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. finish what the Lord has given me because this is this, 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 whole, this whole day has just been seamless. It's been seamless. It's been seamless. Listen, there are days that we, we wake up as ministers. We wake up and we struggle. We struggle to find the vein of the Spirit. Today, there was no struggle. It's exactly what the Lord wanted to do from start to finish. And He's not done yet. Before, before you, you leave this place, you're going to have to address one thing in your life. Did I make it to Jesus? In our text today, this morning, we read several passages about those who made their way to where Jesus was. In Mark chapter 2, verse 1, and I'll read this again to pick up where we left off. But Mark chapter 2, verse 1, and again, he entered into uh, Capernaum after some days, and it was noised that he was in the house. can't help but think about the fact that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together in so much that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached unto the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, the tenacity of faith breaks through barriers. When we can break through the barriers, the Lord sees our determination and He sees our faith to get to Him. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of thy palsy, of the palsy, son, thy sins be forgiven. Thy sins be forgiven. He broke. They broke. Together they broke through the barriers that kept them outside where they could not see Jesus. 
You hear me? So maybe some of you walked into this place today and you, you couldn't see Jesus. You couldn't see him for the walls and the crowd. I've already said this before, the powerful line, I didn't, I didn't come here to hide in the crowd. We know that Jesus is in the house. I got to get in there. How, how can I get in there? Oh, what a day to be fighting to get into the presence of the Lord. And sometimes we're fighting to stay awake in His presence. crowd was lined up shoulder to shoulder outside of the house where Jesus was ministering. And it wasn't good enough to just know that he was in that house. They had to get in there. What would happen if we did that? When we came, when we came to church, we came ready to peel the roof off, to do whatever we could to get into Jesus. I got to get to Jesus. Listen, I know what's waiting for me when I get out of this place. I know what's waiting for me tomorrow morning. I know what I'm going to have to face. I'm going to have to face people with bad attitudes. I'm going to have to face wickedness in high places. I'm going to have to face strongholds all around me. I'm going to have to face a world that's, that's rocking and reeling and chaos and misery. So I need to get to Jesus while I got the day and the opportunity. Are you going to let the crowd keep you from his presence? So, Jesus passes by the two blind men. Matthew 20. He passes by the two blind men. This is, this is always, when I see this, I think, Lord, this has happened before on the road to Emmaus. When, when, when Jesus caught up with the disciples after his resurrection, and he, he began to walk that road with them, and, and, and they, were, they were so broken and distraught with what had happened with the crucifixion that they, they had forgot all the things that Jesus said he was going to do and every, everything that he said he would promise he would do. And so he, he walked up beside them, and he began to talk to them, and they didn't even know who he was. And, and, uh, and, and, and he began to expound to them the scriptures, and, and, then, and then he walked away from them. Could have, they could have missed their opportunity. They could have missed their moment to, to when, when, when they took, when they asked Jesus, when they arrested his attention, and, and then he went, they went into that house and he revealed himself to them. What a moment they had. They ran back in the, in the night to, uh, amongst thieves and robbers with excitement because they had met Jesus who had risen. He, he did everything he said he would do, and he met us along the way. We almost missed our opportunity. Here, here the two blind men are, by the way, and the crowd is, the crowd is pressing as Jesus is making his way across the land. The crowd is around and the, the blind, there's no way that the, that, the, that the blind men can make it through the crowd. Uh, they can't see, they can't, uh, it's just there's a multitude of people and Jesus passes by. And when the blind men, uh, when they heard that it was Jesus, that's when they cry, Jesus! Matthew 20 and 32, and Jesus stood still and called them and said, What will ye that I shall do unto you? 
they said unto him, Lord, that thou, that thou, that that our eyes may be opened. Verse 34, so Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. And immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. Jesus stood still. He was on the move and he passed by. But something stopped him. Something caused him to stand still. In this situation, it was a cry louder than the crowd. It is also it also was the sound of the roof being broken open uh, the desperate reach through the crowd to touch his hem what will you do to get to Jesus will you tear the roof off push through the crowd cry louder than the mob keeping you from him or what about barging into a house that you know where he is Thinking about this. Luke chapter 7, verse 36. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. Jesus went into this Pharisee's house. Why? Because he invited him. Jesus gave Pharisees the same latitude he gave to anyone else. Because he is no respecter of persons. He sat with Pharisees and sinners because they're both one and the same. But the difference was understanding. The Pharisees should have known because they were students of the word, but their pride and knowledge kept them at the table with Jesus. And maybe in their minds they were he was an equal to them. Verse 37, and behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment. Verse 38, and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with ointment. Picture this, a sinner who is also a woman, which in that day was, un, was not right according to their culture and their traditions, right? She, she burst through the door of a Pharisee's house to get to Jesus. And when she got to him, she went for his feet, not to an equal seat. She fell and broke open as his feet. And we can see the alabaster box break open. But she was the one. She was the one that was broken first. And then the ointment. Before there was a fragrant worship, there was brokenness. But all the Pharisee could see was sin. Now when... Verse 39, now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman that is that, that uh, woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. She shouldn't be touching you, Jesus, if you are really a prophet. 
Verse 40, and Jesus answered and said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. He said, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Listen what the Pharisee said. Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. That's right. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman since the time I came in hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, who is this that can forgive sins also? And he said to the woman, thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. It ought not to astonish you that there were two persons whose intense affection thus displayed itself. The astonishment should rather be that there were not two hundred who did so for the anointing of the feet of an honored friend. Loved at Jesus deserved to be. The marvel is that he was not often uh, oftener visited with these generous tokens of human love. Charles Spurgeon said that. This was, this was a different situation than what we read about in John. Oh, to have another person to pour out this kind of love. But he doesn't get often broken at his feet. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14. See and then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession. Verse 15. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. So I'm getting into the house. I got a high priest. I'm getting into the house. But was all in, in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. Everybody say, obtain mercy. Come on, I got to obtain mercy. You know what? You know how we're going to obtain mercy? We got to get into the house no matter how we got to get there. I don't care if there's Pharisees in there. I'm getting in there and I'm going to sit at his feet. And I don't care who's at the table. I'm going to his feet. I'm not worthy to sit at the table. I just want to sit at his feet. I want to pour out my tears and my brokenness on the master. I want him to know how desperate I am for my life to 
to change. I'm getting into the house. Why? Because I'm going boldly uh, to the throne uh, of grace uh, to obtain mercy. You know what she did in that moment? She busted into that house. Uh, and what was in that room was a throne room. Uh, and she poured out her praise and her worship. You know, we when we break the barriers uh, of where we are into his presence, uh, what we're stepping into is the throne room. So tear the roof off if you have to. Push people out of the way if you have to. You know what? I, 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 have, I have no problem thinking that they were not polite getting to Jesus. Because this is what, this is the reality. When you have a problem in your life, it does not matter. It does not matter what somebody thinks about you. It matters the only thing that matters is getting to Jesus. So I got to do whatever I have to do. Anybody in here have a problem that you need fixed in your life, in your body? When's the last time you pushed, pushed, pressed, cried out in desperation? Now listen, I, I believe what happened just a few moments ago was a cry was a cry of desperation. I believe some broke through the barriers. Uh, I don't believe everyone broke through the barriers. Are you, are you going to be the one that's hiding in the crowd, afraid to be broken, afraid to appear broken? Listen, brokenness will lead you right into the presence of the master. And when you pour out your praise on him, he's going to defend you. The Pharisee had nothing to stand on when Jesus said her sins are forgiven. And in that moment, could you imagine the relief of this woman who had this hope of getting to Jesus and then when she gets there, there is this forgiveness that's relief released over her life and the relief is lifted from her shoulders. The burden of sin. Let's stand. I know it would be very easy for us to just wrap this thing up, say a quick prayer, and go and get us something to eat. And all, although our bellies will find moments of satisfaction when that food wears off, the burden is still on our shoulders. We can, we can make one more push to get to Jesus and find freedom, healing, deliverance. I know that some of you want, went back to your seat and already started thinking about being defeated. If that's you, why don't you push? If the moment you left the altar after crying out to the Lord and you went back to your seat and you felt that old resistance come back, push again. Push again. This altar is open for anyone who 
believes they need some more. Picture kneeling at the feet of the Savior. And you're laying your brokenness at His feet. I want you to picture Him leaning over to place His hand upon you. Healing your life and forgiving your sins. Will you pour out your praise on the Lord for a few moments here? I've come to pour my praise on Him like oil from Mary's alabaster pot. So don't be angry. If I wash his feet with my tears and dry them with my hair, you hurt them the night he failed me.
Your praise should be a direct reflection of what he's done for you. I can't praise him enough. I can't thank him enough. He could have left us. He could have left me. like he came to me and he stood still for a moment and then when he walked away it was our decision whether or not we could live with him or without him I can't live without him I want to try to live without him so I got to follow him. I got to follow him wherever he goes. Because I can't live without him. I 
You still got praise. You still got praise. You still got praise in your heart. You still got enough strength to lift up your voice. Come on. I, I still hear the sound of one. If your brother or sister needed some help to get to Jesus, would you help them get to Jesus? Would you do whatever you could to help them get to Jesus? Oh, so together, why don't we pray and help somebody continue to get to Jesus? Lift your voice. Come on, lift your voice. Lift your voice. If you were needing to get to Jesus, uh, I know you would want somebody to lift your voice for you. Oh, I'm almost there. I just need help. I need help to uncover the room. That's it. That's it, sister. Come on. We're here with you. Come on, it was, it, was the, it was the four. It was the four that lowered the man through the roof. Uh, uh, it, was, it, was, it was the man's friends that helped uncover the roof. It was the man's friends that helped push through the resistance, that helped break the barriers. Come on, brother and sister. We need to break barriers for our family. supernatural strength when we linger in the presence of the Lord. Can I charge you here today? Saint, Saint of God, 
if we know that there's somebody in the congregation that's struggling, that's dealing with some things, feeling all alone, feeling isolated, discouraged. feeling discouraged, feeling like they're fighting all by themselves. They can't even come to the house of the Lord. Where's the four who say they can't get here by themselves? So we're going to go get them. Let's say they can make it to the house of the Lord, but they can't make it to the altar. Where's the four that will say, let's go. We'll help you get there. Or when somebody gets there, they're all by themselves, and they're fighting all by themselves. Where's the four or more? We will surround them and say, we're going to help you get to Jesus. We're going to stay until we get you to Jesus. We'll do whatever it takes to get you to Jesus. We'll create an atmosphere of worship and gratitude, whatever it takes to get you to Jesus. Because we want you to get here. has been doing such a wonderful work in this assembly and one of the things that has shifted and happened is that there's a freedom for people to go and move and respond and it's the hour that we're in as God is, is increasing the urgency in the spirit so we recognize what he's doing and what he wants to accomplish and it's pushing us to a place where it's requiring us to press. I tell you, if I stop pressing, I, I feel it. It's almost like it piles up. Anybody feel that? You stop pressing for a moment, and it piles up on you. You just, you got to go even, you got to press even more to get through. We need each other. Brother, sister, we need each other. Lift up Brother Mike. Speak to his lungs. God, we pray right now for our brother. You know what he's struggling, struggling to breathe. Lord, we speak to his lungs. Speak healing over him. In Jesus' name, you touch his lungs, God, and allow him to breathe. Let us allow his breathing return to normal, Lord. You have control over it. You have power over it, God. We thank you for it. We lift up our brother together, God. And we believe in your power. We believe in your virtue. We thank you, Jesus.
We thank you, Jesus, for your touch today, God. Thank you for touching our brother. Thank you for touching our families, God. Thank you for what you've moved and done in this assembly today, God. Thank you for the lives that have been changed. Thank you for the, for the, for the uh, encouragement that has came into our lives today, Lord, the strength. Thank you for the healing. Thank you for your deliverance, God. We thank you. We thank you, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Listen, I love and appreciate y'all. And uh, I, I enjoy being here worshiping with this congregation. And I, I truly believe that God has great things in store for us as a, as a whole, but for each one of you individually. I believe the Lord, is, His hand is on your life and His favor is in your life. So thankful, thankful, thankful for His word. Amen. God bless you all. Uh, shake hands. Be friendly. Um, run around if you need to. Um, we'll keep fighting the good fight of faith. Amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.